If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the year 2021 of Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show. I'm Ryan McCaffrey coming to you in, uh, I guess I'm coming up on my ninth anniversary of hosting this show and working at IGN. Very grateful and happy about that. Miranda Sanchez, Happy New Year to you. How long have you been on Unlocked at this point? At least. Wait, is it like three years at least? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think about three years. I think I've done three Three rounds of trivia. That's how I'm marking this. And every time I have not won. <laughs> well, this could be your year. Scoreboard. It's a blank slate. Zeros all all on the board. So, uh, and Brandon Tyrell unfortunately had a had a work commitment. Could not be here at the last minute today. So you've got a chance to get a jump on him. Yay! And Destin <laughs> Gary, I know you're excited about a fresh year of unlock block trivia. And, and you, gosh, you've been on the show now for a good while. Yeah, I have. But uh, I've only been saying BAM since uh, <laughs> like the last year. People really liked it, so I kept it going. Um, I think I started like shortly after you started hosting because I just said, hey, I'm a big Xbox fan. Can I be on the show? And you were like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I stuck, I guess. So, yeah. And and uh, and our great partnership was born just, just <laughs> like that. So, uh, welcome, everybody. I hope all of you had a wonderful holiday and new year. Uh, we, of course, did not have an unlocked last week, but we did do one that first holiday week leading up to Christmas there. It was a one-on-one that I was fortunate enough to record that last week of work with Tim Schaefer from Double Fine. I hope you got a chance to check that out and enjoy it either on the audio feed or on on uh, YouTube or IGN.com. Had a really good time. I I always love talking to Tim. In fact, I was thinking I've been around long enough. Like I'm a barnacle stuck on the side of the games media world. Tim (laughs) Schaefer might be the developer I've interviewed the most in my career. I've been very lucky to sit down with him a number of times. I mean, he's two blocks from IGN, three blocks. So they're, they're really close. That makes it easy. But yeah, check that episode out. Episode 475. If you get a chance, we covered Psychonauts 2. 
We learn that it's content complete. We learn that they're just polishing the game now, so hopefully it's not too far away. We learned, sadly, for this show, because we've been pushing for this, that uh, Double Fine will not be doing Banjo 3E, despite the fact (laughs) that they're trying to will it into existence. Uh, And nor do they want to, because Tim made it very clear that they're going to do something brand new next, because they've been doing remasters uh, for several years, and then they went after those remasters, which are, by the way, awesome, and they're all on Game Pass, Full Throttle, Day of the Tentacle, and Grim Fandango. Now they've been spending the last few years in Psychonauts, too. So they're, they're doing something new next, but check that interview out. I had a lot of fun recording it. Now, Miranda Sanchez, uh, probably IGN's biggest Gears of War fan, and uh, I want to talk about Hive Busters. I think, but you, you, you totally just... Cut, shut down your consoles for the holidays is what I what what we yes. talked about earlier. Uh, I kind of I feel really guilty about it, but I definitely just took a very big break from starting anything new. Um, surprise! I was very busy with Cyberpunk for the past few weeks, which is why I haven't been unlocked, and I was just really tired. And so I was like, okay, I'm not starting any new games. I'm just gonna read books. So I took a very big break. I'm so excited to get to Gears. So I really wanted to make sure I could dedicate a lot of time to it and just enjoy it. So I have like a whole day planned. I have popcorn ready. I have snacks. I am so excited to jump into this. And I've just been trying to avoid any spoilers for it at all possible. Well, I, I definitely won't spoil anything for you or anyone else. But I have to say, I, uh, I mean, you were the one that broke the news that Gears 5 would be getting campaign DLC, which turned out to be Hive Busters. And uh, I played it over the break. I just did it in, I think I did it in one sitting. It's, it took me about three hours. I've heard from some people online uh, in response that said they spent a little longer with it, just whether they were co-oping with a friend or trying to find every single collectible. But it was about three hours for me. And I have to say, it's excellent. If Gears Miranda, I don't know if you've noticed this. I feel like, I feel like Gears doesn't get the respect it it still deserves like i feel like a lot of people have the opinion that oh gears is kind of yesterday's news and it's it's epic's not doing it anymore so it's gone downhill like i i know you don't feel that way i don't feel that way and and hive busters i would just say if you've been if you've sat out gears of war for a while and you're a game pass ultimate subscriber then Hive Busters costs you nothing. You can download Gears 5, and you can then d- download the Hive Busters DLC campaign. Just give it a try. It's a, it's its own self-contained three-hour mini campaign that has its whole arc, a whole story, cutscenes. It is it is a full it's it is a Gears campaign just in mini size, bite size form. I would say give it a try. And the other thing I would I would say, and if you're watching on video, you might be seeing this for yourself right now. Uh, it is, in my opinion, the most visually stunning thing on the Series X yet. And I know Gears 5 already got a Series X optimization just for the, the core game, and Gears 5 is a beautiful game. But Hive Busters, it's, it's largely, it's got a, a kind of a heavy jungle island, Paradise Island theme to it. And it is, it is stunning. Like, it is an, every inch of that game is just phenomenal to look at so if you've got a series x and want to get a, a taste of what the system can do horsepower wise uh hive busters is a pretty good way to go so 
there's my, I, and I feel like Microsoft, out of out respectfully, I don't think they got the word out about this very well. I mean, it did come out in December, uh, you know, close to the holidays. But I had responses after I tweeted out my impressions uh, over the over the break. I had people responding to me going either, A, I didn't know about this or, oh, I thought this was multiplayer DLC like that. Oh. And, and I, placed, I placed the blame for that again, not maliciously or viciously, but that's on Microsoft. They got to get the word out about this well, awesome three hour campaign DLC. Yeah, you're, you're totally right, Ryan. And I think the confusion comes in in that they're using characters from the multiplayer campaign. Right. right. So yeah. you see it and you're like, oh, that's multiplayer. Like, I, I didn't really do the multiplayer. I'm more for the campaign. But this actually is a story that you're missing out on. I'm in that camp where it totally flew under my radar. And then I see people tweeting. I'm like, oh, it's out, you know, and like it's yeah. in our run of show today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to play that. Still. <laughs> uh, the first performance analysis thing I did was on um, on Gears 5 and how absolutely fantastic the game is on the Series X. So. I'm actually really stoked to play this. And it is it is a tentpole title if you want to see what the Series X is going to be able to do based on what it can do now. Because if it's doing right. this now, imagine what it's going to be doing down the road. Well, to your exact point, uh, I had the same thought, Destin, because this is a, an Unreal Engine 4 game. Mm-hmm. Years 6, it stands to re... I think it's a reasonable assumption, <laughs> given the timelines involved for, you know when we should expect Gears 6 and when Unreal Engine 5 is due out this year to developers, Gears 6 is probably going to be an Unreal Engine 5 game, and and it looks this good on the Series X on Unreal 4. So Gears 6 is probably going to go just be quite the jaw-dropping game from a visual uh, standpoint. The engine has the catch-up to the entry in the series, so... gear six will be on unreal five (laughs) yeah it's uh it's funny how it's worked out that they've kind of (laughs) almost been in i mean unreal engine you know it it does predate gears but not by too much uh also i wanted to note as we segue into the next segment of the show here we'll get into the news for the week which there isn't a ton so i kind of wanted to talk through i want to talk through the this year's list of xbox exclusives it's been the millstone around the neck of Xbox for years and years. We've we've beaten that horse to death, uh, but not not undeservedly so. I mean, it's been a problem, and that's why I wanted to go through this with you guys because uh, looking ahead to this year, the 2021, the exclusive games list for Xbox, it's it's a pretty long list now. It's admittedly a little short on heavy hitters. Like you look at Sony, because that's what we do is you see what the other guy's doing. I mean, they're, they're, they've got three just juggernauts coming uh, exclusive wise this year. You know, they've got they've got Horizon Forbidden West. They've got uh, Ratchet and Clank uh, and they've got God of War Ragnarok. So but if you look at the Xbox list, it's pretty impressive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just list them off. And then I'm going to go back and talk about these one by one with you guys. So the medium is up first. Uh, I previewed that on IGN. You can either read it on IGN or watch it on YouTube. A final preview there. That's out on January 28th. And that is a next-gen exclusive. There is no Xbox One version of that. You've got Scorn, Miranda Sanchez's 2021 uh, 
presumptive game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Leave me alone. Audio, you're not seeing Miranda's <laughs> reaction here. Uh, Crossfire X, which didn't make it in 2020, that is, remember, a campaign by Remedy. You've got Psychonauts 2. Actually, technically, Psychonauts 2 shouldn't be on this list because it's coming to PS4. We'll talk. We'll, we'll circle back to that. Warhammer 40,000, uh, Darktide, 12 Minutes, The Ascent, the Series X version of Microsoft Flight Simulator, Bright Memory Infinite, Stalker 2, and Halo Infinite. So uh, let's go back to those. Now, Miranda, have you have you been paying attention to the medium at all? And I bring this up with you specifically because you just recently played through Alan Wake. And when I previewed this game, it reminded me in a lot of good ways of Alan Wake. Yes, I think it made a little bit of attention. I'm a little worried that it might be too scary for me. Uh, Alan Wake kind of walked that really great line of just being spooky enough, but still giving you enough power to overcome any challenges you face. Um, I think the media might be might be walking that line for me as well. Uh, I, I do like finding those experiences that find a nice balance between building that tension, but still giving you something to do with it and letting you sort of fight back. So that's and I also just want to like play games that make me feel cool. And I think Alan Wake didn't necessarily do that, but it had a great story. And I guess I kind of bring that up because, you know, Remedy is kind of a big talk here, actually, in this section. Um, and I think their games always make me feel kind of cool, especially Control that I've been playing a ton of lately. Um, and I think the medium has the potential for that just because you are bouncing between essentially, you know, two different worlds. And I think that that could give that that I feel cool feeling. So we'll see. Yeah. Is it fair to say then that you don't like horror games, but you like thrillers? Yes, that would be fair. Because like, can I can I the bad guy? If it yeah. is a yes, I'll probably play it. But if I can't, I would, if I have to just run away, maybe not. <laughs> right. I would call Alan Wake like a psychological thriller versus yeah. a straight up horror game. And yeah. this, at least based on what I saw, uh, it seems like it kind of walks that line a little bit between horror and and psychological thriller. Uh, now, Destin, mm-hmm. Scorn, will you be playing? Because we know Miranda won't be. Yeah. So. Scorn, I'll definitely be playing. I don't think people should expect a fast-paced game. We saw gameplay of this already, right? It's slow-paced. You're going to be methodically managing your weapon inventory while solving puzzles, basically. That seems to be what we're in store for when it comes to Scorn. I'm definitely going to be checking it out just for the whole Geiger aesthetic and just to see what they've managed to do there creatively with how weaponry works, how the enemies are going to be designed, and just getting to experience whatever world it is that they've concocted, regardless of how gross it is. I <laughs> love that it sort of makes you uncomfortable from the get-go, just by you know, the veins on the ground and how enemies have been crafted to look like you know, sort of mutated humanoid-type figures. Um, I really, really like designs that were concepted out and able to be brought to life like this, so I'm, I'm excited to see what they've done. And I, I think it's probably fair to say if the medium isn't a horror game, Scorn definitely is. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think that this is one of those games that's like just aesthetically built so well that you can kind of hear it without even having any, any audio. If you're watching a video, it's like, you know, that's squishy. You know, that's a gross squish that they're just stepping on. It's it's bad. I mean, bad in a good way, right? And I think it's really impressive to see something come fully realized like that. And I think you really get that sense from the gameplay. Um yeah, this is not for me. I think it's really interesting, but I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I like weird, gross things that are kind of mm. cute. This this is just, like, full-on gross. Like, this is like, ooh. 
Shivers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to do the whole jump scare thing like Dead Space 1 did. I think mm -hmm. this is going to be a tension builder. So as you get into hairier and hairier situations or trickier situations, you're going to be struggling to solve a puzzle knowing something's coming to get you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they're going for as opposed to like, bah, you know, something jumping out and scaring you while you're doing a puzzle. But we'll see. Maybe they have some of that, too. Well, depending when this comes out, we don't have a release date for Scorn yet. Uh, Destin, this could be a good candidate to to bring back the How Scary Is series for IGN. I got to figure out how to develop that from home. Like, it's definitely a production challenge, yeah. but I think it's doable. That It could be fun, yeah. Uh, next on the list, I touched on it a minute ago, and we talked about Remedy, as, as uh, Miranda mentioned. Crossfire X. Now, this is a game uh, that the... It, it has a history in that it's been out the, the, the multiplayer component of it. That's been crossfire for for years and years. It's It's been a, a PC multiplayer game in the kind of Counter-Strike type of vein. And now coming to Xbox exclusively. In fact, the interesting thing about this, it is coming to Xbox One as well as the series S and X, but it's not coming to PC. This is an actual console exclusive. Uh, which I which I find interesting, presumably because PC already has Crossfire as its own standalone multiplayer game. So uh, Remedy is doing the campaign, uh, whereas the original developer, I believe Smilebit, if I recall correctly, that's the, the original developer. They're doing the multiplayer. And I had a chance to take a look at this. I haven't played it yet, but I got a hands-off demo and did the preview for IGN, gosh, a few months ago now. And it gave me, uh, it sort of seemed like a, a three parts Call of Duty, one part control, as far as sort of the art direction and the sort of weird, sort of weird, that, that Remedy weird vibe that every Remedy game seems to have. And I'm really excited to play this, uh, at least the campaign. I, I did also preview the multiplayer back when there was a closed beta and I did enjoy it, but it's uh, that's I'm going to be showing up for the the uh, single player myself. And again, we still don't have an, a release date on that either. It was supposed to make 2020, as I mentioned, it didn't, and therefore I would think that it's going to be coming sooner rather than later, like probably the front half of the year versus the back half of the year. So we'll stay tuned for more on that. Now, Miranda, you love Double Fine as I do. Psychonauts two. Uh, how are you, are you starting to, to feel the excitement for this now that it's getting close? Yes. I think it's time for a replay of Psychonauts. It's been way too long. I remember when I was a kid and I saw Psychonauts originally coming out and I was so stoked for it. Cause it just had, you know, it's just one of those, another game that's really defined in its style and it's just so appealing in that. Um, and I think, you know, Double Five just does a fantastic job with that throughout all their games. And I it's been so long. It's been so long since I've played that. And I, I really do need a refresher. So I think just I'm a little grateful for all the delays so that way I have time to replay. <laughs> so I think that's that's probably where I'm at in January is replaying Psychonauts and then in anticipation for Psychonauts 2. Smart move. I, I should do the same. I, I haven't played. I confess, I haven't played it since it originally came out on the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. That's how long it's been for me, which is now... That game came out in 05, so it's been over 15 years since Psychonauts Whoa. 1 came out. I, it'll probably feel like a whole new game to me. I bet I don't remember much of any of it. So, uh, yeah, now's the time. Replay Psychonauts 1. 
because as you heard on my Tim Schafer interview last week, Psychonauts 2 is content complete, so they're just polishing everything up. Therefore, it's probably, again, probably going to be sooner rather than later as far as when in 2021 we see Psychonauts 2. Uh, Destin, do you have any any knowledge or, or expertise on Warhammer? Uh, Warhammer 40,000 Darktide is a another Xbox exclusive that we saw. Uh, there was a trailer at the Game Awards, I believe, and prior to that, there was a the, I think the reveal was at the July showcase, if I remember. And this is uh, this is an action game. Yeah, so I actually don't know a ton about Warhammer, but the gameplay of this game looks phenomenal. Like it looks really, really interesting. It's it's just mobs and mobs of enemies that you're just going to be slaughtering with really cool looking weaponry. And the whole thing looks absolutely gorgeous. And I think it's it's fitting into that niche that we've discussed on the show many times that Xbox fans are looking for. And I also think Crossfire X sort of uh, meets that expectation, that shooter sort of feel that's reminiscent of fear. You know, that game right. Fear from way back in the day mm-hmm. and uh, Quantum Break. It seems like a, or I'm talking about Crossfire, seems like a mesh of those two. And then you got Warhammer 40,000 that honestly kind of gives me Gears 1 vibes. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. It has stunning or excellent uh, shooter mechanics. And yeah, I think this is going to speak to a lot of people. And I think people are in for a treat with this one. The challenge yeah. is... Warhammer sort of has an an expectation for a lot of people, so it's going to speak to Warhammer fans, but will it speak to the general audience? Like, I think there is a little bit of a a boundary there that you need to sort of overcome as a player. Like, I'm just going to step in into the middle of this Warhammer universe I don't know anything about. And I I think that's the Mm -hmm. only challenge with this game. Uh, To get 40,000, exactly. To get 40,000 on there, how do you... Whoa, that's a a big number. I don't know about this. (laughs) Yeah, like I like it's a little I don't want to use the word intimidating, but for some people, I'm sure you're like you feel like you're missing out on this elaborate backstory and you're jumping in the middle. Right. And that's the only challenge I see with it. Everything else about it looks awesome. Boy, and I thought 16 Final Fantasies was a lot. (laughs) 40,000 Warhammers. My goodness. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey. If you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. 
NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, man. Uh, Speaking of numbers, here's another game that I'm very excited for. I played this a year and a half ago behind closed doors at E3 after it was announced. 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, I think you have to play the other 11 minutes first. <laughs> Sorry. That's the shortest game of the year. 12 minutes. What's going on? Um, yeah, 12 minutes. This uh, this game, I the vibe I get from this, I won't actually know. And yeah, I mean, I did play it, but I haven't I haven't played. I played it for 15 minutes at, you know, behind closed doors at E3. So for, for something That's like one and a half times, right? No, it's, we won't really know, of course, until it's out, but my, the vibe I get from 12 minutes is that it could be the next like premier super A-list indie title on Xbox, like following in the vein of, of Cuphead, of Inside, of you know, going back to Fez and and the you know the the braids, like it could be in that group that just like upper crust of ID at Xbox indie titles. What we what, what we would have called live arcade back in the day. I I think this game falls in that in that category, Ryan. And what was the game with the little fox that's being made by like one oh, person? Tunic, yeah, yes, Tunic. yeah. Actually, I forgot to put that on the list <laughs> for mentioning it. In fact. Let's segue right into it now. Uh, Destin, talk about Tunic because, yes, that is very much uh, well, yeah. a heavily anticipated exclusive. Yeah, Tunic, it feels a lot like a traditional top-down Legend of Zelda, right? They had one on – they had a Zelda on Game Boy Advance that was sort of like the sequel to Link to the Past. And Tunic just nails that vibe. And I think it's filling a void, especially on the Xbox library, that – I'm incredibly excited to see Xbox fans get to experience. I think Tunic is unique enough that it's reminiscent of Zelda, but it's sort of doing its own thing. And the fact that it's made by, I believe it's one person. It's mostly one person. Mostly one person is, is really, really incredible. And then, you know, you always talk about wanting summer of arcade. And I think Tunic is one of those games that it has that vibe and 12 minutes also has that vibe. I'm incredibly excited for both of these games. I, I can't wait to play them more. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I, think, I, I think thinking about it now, as you are talking, I believe the reason that I didn't have it on the list is because it actually doesn't have a release date. Yeah. We've been waiting for Tunic for a long time, but it's. Whoever had it ready to go, our producer. <laughs> yeah. It, 
uh, that is some ace producing work there, production work. I, I but yeah, it's it it belongs on this list because let's hey, let's be optimistic and say it's gonna be out in 2021. Look at it. Um, it's yeah, so, it is. It's just now I just want to look yeah. over on my monitor and just watch this yeah. game instead of doing a show. But yeah, this and uh, this was also playable at actually a couple of different Xbox events. The same I played it at two events. Down. Yeah, I played same it at two right? events. Yeah. I don't want to play it. So like I've I always play- seen people playing it, but there's always somebody playing it. So like I, I, at the kiosk, so I was just waiting. I was like, oh, I don't really have time to wait. Someday, well, the- Tunic, someday. <laughs> yeah, Miranda, it was like hidden in the back corner. And I had yeah. to ask a PR rep, I'm like, I heard tunics here. Where is it? And they're like, oh, <laughs> let's go behind the giant gears thing and like into this corner spot where there's one machine that has it. And that's where I played it. Yeah, and I then, think that, uh, that's like we games. split up. I was like, no, sorry, I have to go play gears. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. sorry, this is a priority. I love to. I think it's really cute. The gears is the priority. So. Yeah, I think that, that was 20, the E3 2019, I believe. The last uh, one. The, yeah. The last E3, right. Was yeah. Wow. Not, not only the last E3 there has been, I wonder if it will be the last E3 there ever is, but that's that's a topic for later in the year. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tunic definitely deserves the attention. Stoked for that one. And then uh, this one was announced at the the May showcase, uh, the, that first Series X showcase with that had all the, the third-party stuff. And the game is The Ascent. And I feel like this game... I mean, not that not by anybody's fault, but it just kind of it got announced and then they ended up not making launch and they said spring 2021 and they just they went quiet and we haven't really heard anything about this game, which is understandable. Hey, they're busy making it. There's it's a pandemic. There's uh, you know a lot of challenges in, in trying to get the game done. But the Ascent is it's an isometric action RPG. Uh, think, you know in the Diablo kind of vein. I mean, it's dungeon a crawler shooter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this, Isometric. this definitely is up. <laughs> this, this kind of game is up my alley. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm this, I'm really stoked, stoked for. And I believe, I believe this might be a next gen exclusive too. Don't quote me on that. I'd have to, I'd have to go back and check. I think this might not be coming to Xbox one. In fact, while one of you talks, I'll double check. <laughs> I, yeah. I have- I have to be slightly negative for a second. This is the only game that doesn't do it for me on the list. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just the isometric perspective. I wish there was like an option, like just let me play it in first person and I'm in, or let me change perspectives or at least adjust the camera placement. But isometric stuff, it's, always been hard for me to get into. Do you feel the same way, Miranda, or oh, how are you feeling about it? Absolutely. I think with the way they, the enemies are designed and how they come at you, they probably couldn't do a different perspective just because you are trying to... I guess like they have it on all sides sort of thing, and so it would be really hard if you're playing from first person, given yeah. like the enemy movement and all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, isometric is, is really hard for me. I kind of look at them like I look at pat- platformers. It's like it has to be something that's really special to hook me. It uh, works for like Gears Tactics and XCOM yeah, yeah. where you can pause the action. And these this isn't like the first game to do the isometric thing. And they, oh, they sure. usually work quite well. It's just for some reason, every time I see it, I'm like, Ugh, I, mean, I don't know. Fair. I mean, it's just I'm. And by the way, it is coming to Xbox One. I was I misspoke there. So I'm glad I was able to. Sorry to talk over you, Miranda. Oh, okay, I think we have a lot of crosstalk today. I think we're all just really excited to be back. <laughs> it's rusty too. Yeah, we haven't yeah. Show, we haven't done a show together in a while. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what all like, and that's that's the beauty of 
this list. I mean, so far, the really the only two games that we could even say are even remotely similar of what of the exclusives we've listed so far are the medium and this and scorn and that they're both spooky games. That's yeah. that's about it. Like there's a lot of variety here. And I've always loved isometric games. I'm a huge Diablo fan. Uh, back on the original Xbox, I loved Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance and all of those, uh, you know, sort of isometric action RPG type of games. So th- this one, totally get that it's it may not be for you guys, but this one speaks to me. So I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, a little later on in the year. Yeah, I certainly appreciate having that variety, though. I think it's really nice to have that. Always. Yeah. Game looks it looks gorgeous. It's very pretty, yeah. yeah. I, I like to watch it, but probably not play it. Well, speaking of games that are very pretty to watch, uh, regardless of whether or not you want to play them, <laughs> Flight Simulator for Series X. We talked about this after the Game Awards. It finally got shown on a console at the Game Awards with a release window of summer 2021. Uh, this game is. I mean, the, the the Series X trailer that was on the Game Awards made it very clear this is going to be a very gorgeous game on the console, just as it was on or it is on PC. And we also talked about how this is this is probably not coming to Xbox One. That that Game Awards trailer only, in fact, it only listed Series X, but I think it's got to run on the Series S. I don't think Microsoft is is quite parsing things up that much where they shut out the series s i'm sure i'm sure it's on both series machines but yeah it's uh it this is going to be a gorgeous one now miranda have you spent any time with with flight sim on pc at all really like i think flight games are kind of cool but this one's so technical or at least from what i've seen it's just not really up my alley however given that I've been inside so gosh darn long and that this is coming out in summer, I might plan a little, okay, if you guys don't know, I really love journaling. I really love planning stuff. I really want to do a little travel journal and travel with flight simulator and write about my experiences and then also crashing crash into my friends' neighborhoods. So, No, not fly over. You crash into them. Boy. <laughs> it's a, that's like a really cool idea for your streams. You could fly somewhere, then write about your memories. Of doing it. Like That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I think it's just a nice thing, especially, again, for summer. Like, when a lot of people do travel to get that experience of being somewhere else when we can't be. And I think having, it's like, oh, I can go home, Berkeley, kind of, hello, that's your house. <laughs> it's kind of nice to have that, I think. Um, I, I really do miss traveling, and so I think it's going to be a delightful summer game. Yeah. That's a good point. Should be could be really good timing to to find a new crowd, a new audience on uh, the Series X, and then three more to finish the list. One more little one, and then the two heavy hitters. Bright Memory Infinite, another one from the May, uh, and this was arguably the standout game that we all talked about after the May event. Uh, this this was it's a first person shooter again, a mostly one developer operation, one person making this game. Uh, and it is, uh, it builds upon Bright Memory, which is out now, but this is the next-gen fleshed-out version, Bright Memory Infinite. And this looked really cool back in May. Uh, if you're watching us on video now, you're seeing that trailer from the May event. Uh, it's a, it's pretty. It's a first-person shooter with combat mechanics that continue to build upon each other as you progress through the campaign. I did play through 
a large portion of like the PC demo or whatever is available now. Yeah. And I, I think this is going to, you know, really give like Devil May Cry fans something to play when they're not playing Devil May Cry. And <laughs> and sort of like mess around with the combat mechanics and that that sort of puzzle combo system that it, that it has. I'm, I think this, I wish this was a bigger deal. I don't know if it will be, but I, I think it's done some really, really cool things and I'm excited to play this one more, more so than the heavy hitters. Hey, that's fair. I mean, it's, and it, cause sometimes the little guys end up being every bit as good or better than the big guys. So um, yeah, we'll have to see. There's no date on this either. We'll see when it's going to end up landing on uh, Series X. And now, uh, a game, again, no release date. In fact, no release window even uh, beyond 2021. And that's Stalker 2, a game that was announced at the July showcase. The reveal trailer was gorgeous. It did a ton of views. And then over the break, if you haven't seen this yet, uh, I'd been talking to the developer for quite a while, uh, for a couple of months, trying to get a new trailer, new something out of them. And they kindly, at the very end of December, this went up on December 30th on IGN, they did deliver us a brand new teaser trailer. It's in-engine, not necessarily in-game, but that's that, it is the engine. In-engine, first-person gameplay teaser uh, for Stalker 2 and... I mean, this looks, this game looks incredible. This is most definitely a next-gen exclusive. It is coming to Series X, Series S, and PC. That is all. Uh, This will not be on Xbox One. This will not be on PlayStation. This looks phenomenal. Uh, This, I think we're showing on video. This is the the original reveal trailer, not the the new teaser, but it looks fantastic. Uh, And I have to confess, I'm a huge fan of first-person shooters, I just I missed Stalker back in the day, which I feel like I am now regretting. But um, it got so much critical acclaim; everybody loved it. So I'm now I'm getting pretty pretty pumped up for Stalker too. Look, it looks awesome. That that teaser that we posted with like two million views—it's understandable yeah. why. Because again, you're seeing what these games are going to be able to do. It's really really incredible. Uh, and finally, the big one, which we've been over a billion times, and we're going to go over a, another billion times between now and November. Halo Infinite will be the the capper of the year for probably, I mean, I imagine it'll be the last major first-party release for Xbox this year. Sometime in November, probably November 15th, as we've sur- uh, surmised about the with regard to the anniversary. Halo Infinite and... Uh, we're just hoping it turns out awesome, of course, and we'll have a lot more to say on it later in the year. But again, uh, you've got Halo Infinite as a big deal. Stalker 2 could end up being a huge deal. Stuff like Bright Memory Infinite could really pop. Uh, we talked about Tunic and we talked about 12 Minutes. And Flight Simulator for Series X, I mean, it'll be the first time that series has ever come to console. And Flight Simulator on PC is a 10 out of 10 video game that... Uh, the world loves, and so it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the reception to it is on uh, on the console. So there's, you know, again, there's there's a lot to get to look forward to on Xbox this year in an exclusive way. It's uh, the the old way of, of the drought appears to finally be coming to an end. I think three four three deserves a little bit of a kudos 
for delaying the game, especially in the wake of what's happened with Cyberpunk, which should have been delayed. Right. You know, just just delay it. Make sure it's right. If it comes out this winter, that's excellent. And, and especially it's a delay too. Sorry, sorry to talk over you, but just like to point out that it was not spring. It is a whole year. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I mean, if that's what you need to do, don't mess around with the Halo franchise. Make it great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's already, it, it had already been five years. We just crossed the five-year mark between mainline Halo games. After that, it's you're in this sort of weird point if you're 343 where, well, what, you know, another year is like, oh, our, our brand, you know, what's, you know, our brand is sort of not in the active collective consciousness as much. I mean, yeah, there's Master Chief Collection, but at the same point, when you finally come back after you've been gone that long, it's got to be awesome. You know, oh, they, yeah. can't, they can't disappoint when they come back. So, yeah, I, too, am, am happy that they pushed the full year and look forward to celebrating the 20th anniversary of Halo with Infinite. A couple quick things before we move to our first loot box and trivia question of the year. This this story is just it's. It's actually not that big of a story. I just find it interesting, and I want to hear from you guys on this. Epic Games, uh, they've been a big deal for a long time. I mean, they had, um, they had, I believe Tencent is a like is the is the Chinese firm that that acquired a major stake in them some years ago. They sold Gears of War in its entirety to Microsoft for a couple of billion dollars several years back. And and then of course Fortnite now is is just a it's their own ATM machine with unlimited withdrawals, and they have uh, they have grown as a company as a result. You know Fortnite is is a its own entity that has to be constantly fed, and so you need people for that. You need talent. You need space. Epic Games has bought an entire shopping mall, a closed closed down shopping mall in the town they're already in, Cary, North Carolina, and they're going to turn this abandoned mall into their new headquarters. In a press release, Epic announced that it has purchased a 980,000 square foot <laughs> and 87 acre Cary Town Center Mall, which will become the new Epic Games campus by 2024. This includes plans to create both office buildings and recreational spaces for long-term use. Development on the new headquarters will begin later this year, and in the meantime, Epic will remain at its current location, still in Cary, uh, North Carolina, the city that Epic has been based in for over 20 years. Well, Ryan, didn't Bungie and 343 work out of an old grocery store? Like, that was retrofitted? Hardware store. Hardware Hardware store. Yeah, hardware store, yeah. Yeah, so this this isn't unheard of, and it's actually great to see that a space that isn't being utilized to be purchased by a company that needs the space. It's going to create jobs, especially in that state. And it's just a win all the way around. If I really hope, I mean, obviously they're probably going to gut it and re- make it nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, but they're going to keep all. the retro no, no, please. The- <laughs> put my, if I were there, I'd like, please put my office in the old hot topic. Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just imagine like everyone like moving. All right, this department's gonna go to the Sears. This department's gonna go to the, I don't know, like that one shoe store. That's a little questionable, but you still buy there for there anyway because like it's affordable and they still look good. Uh, but you don't know how long those shoes are gonna last you. Uh, someone's gonna go to Spencer's. You know, it's it's gonna be a great time. 
No, of course not. Although it would be really funny if that was like a temporary setup. Just like, just like, hey, guys, before I do construction, can I just work in there for like a week <laughs> by myself? <laughs> That'd be really fun. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. Just the visual of it, when you just picture it, it's so funny. Like, although at almost a million square feet and 87 acres, I, I'm i not making a joke when I say they might literally need to put in like their own electric tram system that runs <laughs> that runs the length of it and it's like with stops along the way like that's it's huge well Google how are you does gonna like, get around a campus like that I mean, google uh, does golf carts and bikes and like there's a lot of solutions yeah, I guess there be like, like the google campus where you can just grab a bicycle mm-hmm. i guess yeah. yeah or facebook i don't know one of those super mega companies yeah uh well google for sure because i've i've walked through part of the google campus on the way to, uh, if you ever go to a concert at the Shoreline Amphitheater, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's like right next door there. But anyway, um, yeah, so I wanted to point out that that Epic is no stranger to to fun stuff in their office as it is. I, I, I've been there a couple times. Miranda, have you ever been out to Epic? Do you ever? It was, no, you've been more in the Microsoft era as far as Gears, but uh, I got to go for one of the gears games back in the day so they have they have a slide that ta- that you can take from the second floor down to the first floor oh that's so fun that cool um and then i saw years like sledgehammer put one in of course now sledgehammer is kind of i mean they're still around but um yeah i think the slide thing they're they're just they've got to one it up one up everybody now that the slide thing is starting to catch on although destin you're uh you mentioned bungie they went from a hardware store to uh, their their current locations in a former movie theater. Yeah, which is oh. pretty. And, yeah, I think they have a, a a room with a big screen in it, and maybe that was you know utilized from yes. one of the smaller theaters. I never thought of that. That's cool. Yeah, uh, and real quick. All right, so games with gold for January. Right now, Little Nightmares all month long. And then from the 16th of January through the 15th of February, Dead Rising 1. Uh, where am I? But you guys have both, one of, at least one of you has got to be a fellow OG Dead yeah. Rising fan. I played it. Yeah. Yeah, the original. I, I think the original. Oh, come on, that. Ryan. What? <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Dead Rising. Come on. Or are you insulted that I would dare question that you've, <laughs> that you've played the first Me Dead and Miranda. How could you? <laughs> Well, well you know, games, if you question if I played it, that is totally fine. <laughs> like, I think we've established here that there are a lot of earlier games that I missed just because many reasons, mostly childhood being a big factor. In yeah. that, but, you know. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, Dead Rising. Let's see that game. That game came out in 06. Wow. So that that game, that game is going to be celebrating its 15th anniversary later this year. Let's not talk about uh, how old it is, please. Right, yeah. <laughs> OG Dead Rising, uh, King of Fighters thirteen is is on right now, and then a, a games with gold from the original Xbox. I've got to shout this one out. My one of my favorite cult classics of all time, Breakdown, which will be a free game with gold from January sixteenth to the thirty first. You've heard me bring this up t- time and time again over the years on this podcast. Breakdown is one of my favorite original Xbox games. It is it has genuinely one of the best sci-fi stories I've ever played in any game. 
Wow. You through it, it is, you go on a ride. Like it takes you places you did not know you were going in a very good way. Uh, it's definitely not a perfect game. It's it's basically, it is a first person melee game. Uh, that is the, the primary gameplay mechanic is first person melee. And they never break first person. There are no third person cutscenes. If you like do a jump kick on somebody, it stays first person. You go, yeah, I I don't really want to spoil anything about that game. Um, What I will say is, again, the fact that it's not perfect. There are moments where you pick up and use guns and the it's the gunplay is not great. But uh, please play it if you're if you're looking for a cool, just first person weird story. It is super good and the power you feel you get so powerful by the end of that game and the the road to becoming that powerful is awesome yeah i was about to, about to say the fist i had yes. to look this up yeah, yeah. the golden fists um per, the, perhaps the most like it the thing that people remember the most about that game because it was in the original playable demo back in the day uh, on on the original on the official xbox magazine game disc there was a demo of breakdown uh, you you wake up and in this weird facility, you have no idea. You've got amnesia. You don't know who you are. But, and then you end up you they take you to your room. You eat a burger that's there. You're like oh, I'm hungry, and you eat a oh, burger. Yeah. And then you vomit the burger up in oh, first no. person, which you know had never been done before. That I'm sure there's been first person vomiting since then in video games. Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> you do it multiple times in cyberpunk. Well, there you go. Cyberpunk standing on the shoulders of of Breakdown for that. (laughs) But yes, so I implore everybody out there, come January 16th, download Breakdown and give it a try. If you like first person games, if you like cool sci-fi games, it it is a cult classic for sure. All right, we are now, let's see. Yeah, we've been rolling right along. Uh, Let's move right along to the loot box. Lang Solo from the UK is our is our uh, guest question loot box question asker this week. Go ahead. Hi, Unlocked from the UK. Quick question about Halo Infinite. Now that it's been delayed a year and we're looking at the um, game releasing in fall of 2021, if they think that the Xbox One and Xbox One X are not going to cut it, do you think that they should now look to change it to being only a Series X and Series S game? Because, frankly, there will be more stock out there at that time and it will be a really good way to push the console into the holiday season for 2021. Thank you. Destin, I'll go your way first on this. What do you What do you think about this? This, is, this has been a, a topic that's come up, particularly since the delay we know, as we said, is a year. What do you think here? I think 343 with Microsoft support is a large enough company to still be able to develop that game for Xbox One up. And I say that specifically because Halo 4 looked excellent on the 360. So if they can spec for whatever they did for Halo 4 on the 360 and that's the base version and then they scale up and have almost a separate design process for modern consoles, I think they're going to be okay only because they basically have unlimited budget to make this possible, right? 
True. I think a lot of people are going to be extra nervous after what happened with Cyberpunk, but you have to remember Cyberpunk is still independent. They are large, but they don't have the support of a billion dollar company. Trillion like dollar Microsoft. <laughs> Trillion, yeah. So I, I think that is something that we should consider. Um, and they were smart enough to delay it. So I hope that extra time goes to the right re- resources as needed. Yeah, I for me, I'd like to see that if it would benefit the game in any way. Like, we don't know how this game's being built. We don't, you know, we, yeah. all we know, like, it would, there, there'd really be no benefit to throwing away the last gen version. But for all we know, maybe there would be. Like, we just don't know. But so that's, I'd be for it. If there's if it would make the game better in any way on the Series X and S, but like the reality is, and I and I say this as a big longtime Halo fan, but if if I'm being honest, I think it's fair to say that Halo is struggling to find a new audience. Out there yeah. is a dedicated core Halo community that loves Halo, that plays it, but all of us. But yeah. they've got <laughs> they've got to bring in a new audience. You know, it's as we said, it's been five years. It's going to end up being six years between mainline Halo games. They've got to bring in a new audience. And and uh, as such, I think the Xbox One versions absolutely will happen because Microsoft just really can't afford to throw away those 50 plus million uh, players that are on Xbox One for any reason, even if it makes the game better, because even you know, uh, there still are no Series X or S's out there that will change over the course of the year. But I mean, the 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 maximum installed base by the time Infinite comes out on Series X. I, I mean, I'm just guessing, but maybe 10 million if they're lucky, like and there's and there's 50 plus million Xbox One owners. So you just can't you can't walk away from that, I don't think, even if even if doing so would mean that the Series X and S version is a little prettier. You know what I mean? Miranda, what's your take here? I really don't like the idea of them potentially pulling it from Xbox One. I think there are a lot of people who keep their older consoles for years, and I think they still look forward to those exclusives, especially if they've been promised them previously. And essentially going back on a word saying, this is coming out, oh, never mind, that would feel really bad. And I think that would earn Xbox or I guess specifically 343 some ill will. Um, I think, yes, it is important. We want the new generation to look as pretty and as good as possible. But given how many times you've stated it too, it is such a good thing that they did delay it as long as they did, because now they do have the time to polish and make those, you know, new textures and make it as flashy and pretty as possible for the new consoles. But still keeping something that's good for the Xbox One players as well. Um, And I I didn't want them to see that. I think Microsoft has been so big on saying, you know, we're going to support you playing where you want to play. That's why we have Game Pass everywhere. That's why we include PC so heavily. That's why we include, you know, all these different iterations of the Xbox. And given that you can't, like, like you said, Ryan, yes, the landscape for availability of the Series X and Series S will likely change by the end of the year but we don't really know how much, like we are still in a pandemic, like this is still going on. Um, I don't want to bet on that being so widely available that anyone can just upgrade whenever they want. We're still waiting for that opportunity. So I do want to see them keeping toward having those Xbox One versions, but still making the best game possible they can for the next gen versions as well. I'm looking up some analytics here about Halo specifically, the Master Chief Collection, 
this is uh, Steam's concurrent players, uh, 9,800 players an hour ago. That's for the Master Chief Collection, so that's spanning multiple titles. And I thought, well, that's actually significantly low where it would be nervous, nerve-wracking. So I looked up specifically Halo 5, and uh, the population of that one, which is separate from the collection, is 7,846 according to SpartanFinder.com, where people are like looking to play together. And that was about a day and a half ago. Now compare that to a game like Destiny, where it's at the end of the season and you know players are waning. The average player count for a game like Destiny 2 is 63,000 players. Right. So that sort of gives, that's just on Steam. So that sort of gives you a barometer of where the community currently is with Destiny this far out from Halo 5. So I think you're right, Ryan like whatever model they went with for Halo 5, it didn't capture that audience the way that they had hoped. Well, it's worth saying too that if you're still playing Halo 5 competitively, that's really impressive. Like I think to have that long of a lifespan for a shooter multiplayer that's you know tied to a campaign and tied to a property so intrinsically, that's, that's pretty impressive still. Obviously, Destiny is a lot different in how it functions, and I think it's, of course, worth learning and acknowledging. Destin obviously knows that. Um, but the difference there is significant. And you look know, at Call of Duty or anything else, like the player base just drops off like crazy after the next next one comes out, right? Or even when it gets close to it. Um, so the fact that people are still playing Halo 5, like, good for you. I do watch some of those streams sometimes. It's kind of cool to see that still in action. Um, but I think with Halo, like, so much about so much of it is the campaigns, right? Like, I love Halo multiplayer, but it only lasts so long for me. Um, and I will go back to those campaigns pretty regularly, actually. I, I played through all of them not too long ago. And it's, it, but I think just kind of looking at the numbers and saying that's like the barometer of how successful it still is, is a little tough. Um, but I do agree that the whole messaging that this does need some sort of exciting event, like Halo Infinite does need to capture the new audience. And I think that is definitely the point that needs to be made. Yeah. And, and I guess I would point out too, like in fairness, I mean, I think Destin, your point you is, right. your point is uh, valid, but, yeah. but uh, the, I, the Halo, even though it's now on PC is what is not a PC first game. I mean, they're going to make it one now with Infinite, but yeah. it's I would imagine the console player base is a good bit larger uh, in that. But but I still you still make a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point I'm more trying to make isn't that I guess I made it poorly. What I'm trying to say is I think for Halo Infinite, I'm very curious about how that game is going to be structured and how they're planning to retain players, because that is definitely a goal Mm -hmm. of 343 and Microsoft, right? So they've seen what Destiny's done or like Call of Duty or Call of Duty Warzone. What's the thing that's going to get me to sign on regularly and keep chasing rewards in Halo Infinite? And uh, I don't think they've really answered that question yet. Yeah, they're going to have multiplayer and they're going to have this map world where we're chasing Chasing stuff. Pardon? Free. Free. Yeah. Like Warzone, which has a massive population. I think like. Mm -hmm. like, That's the big one. (laughs) Yeah. I can't can't find a statistic chart for Call of Duty Warzone on my uh, quick search here. But um, I'm really curious to see what they end up doing with the Halo franchise. And I do hope they find that audience because it's it's a great franchise that I want more people to experience. Mm -hmm. Well, excellent uh, loot box question there. If you have a loot box question, please leave us the Yappa video comment. Just Google IGN Unlocked 476, and that'll take you to the article page. Click on the article page of this episode, and then scroll on down just above the comments. 
you'll see the Yappa comments. Uh, you don't need to make a Yappa account. You can log in if you have a Discuss account or a Google account, Facebook or LinkedIn. Leave us your video question as uh, Lang Solo did and, and you've been seeing on in recent weeks on the podcast. We'll keep that going for next week with, uh, with somebody else's loot box question. All right, super quick rapid fire here. Unlock block trivia. Let's get the year started. It is a Halo question on the topic of Halo. This one comes from Colby. Uh, this one I know because Halo 2's my jam. Uh, Colby writes in and asks, in the original Halo 2 script, the Arbiter originally went by what name? Was it A, Dervish, B, Felvadimi, C, Yantor, or D, Kigyar? So those are, and if you're, some of those might look familiar. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, I'm going to go Destin's way first on this. Do you have a guess or do you know this one, Destin? Having read enough of the Halo books, I actually recognize some of these terms, like Kigyar is referred to a lot in the books as the Covenant. Vatami is also very familiar. Uh, Dervish sounds familiar. Yantor was the only one that I that didn't jump out at me for some reason. So I'm going to guess C Yantor. And then my, my alt guess would be Dervish. Um, I feel like Dervish might've been like a name for some reason. I don't know. Miranda, how about you? So I've only read Fall of Reach and I wasn't go Yantor cause I thought it was cute, <laughs> which I feel bad, but I, I love Arbiter. So I was like, he should have a cute name. It's strong, but also cute. Um, and I don't know the answer to this one. So hopefully you're guessing correctly together. Apologies for doing the same one. Okay, so sink or swim here together. Yeah. Well, uh, Destin, you don't get any points for your run, your backup guess because that was the right one. <laughs> it was Dervish. Yes. So we'll keep What's the 2021. Right? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but we'll keep the 2021 scoreboard blank, which will make Brandon Tyrell happy when he Thanks. gets back hopefully next week. Uh, and if you've got a loop, uh, excuse me, an unlock block trivia question, email that one in. Uh, you don't need to yap of that one. So just email that our way. Unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question for multiple choice answers and do note the correct one in your email. And we'll uh, we'll try to get somebody on the scoreboard for 2021 next week as we wait. I know the, the 2020 trophy is about to be shipped now. So that's we'll have a whole trophy presentation for 2020 for Brandon coming up very soon. So I think Yantor is entirely made up. So percent in the question. <laughs> I Googled it. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe, it's a very good name. I like uh, it. <laughs> all right. So we're getting 2021 underway. Stick with us all year. It's going to be a, a super fun year. A lot of Xbox exclusives. We'll have Halo to finally look forward to. Uh, and in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter if you're interested. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. Miranda, how about you? You can follow me at Havoc Groves, and that's Havoc with the K on uh, all the social media platforms. At Destin Gary over here. Yes. It's short and sweet. I love it. Uh, Destin, so we're going to – I don't – I'm not going to say goodbye to you every week, but I know oh. one of these weeks I'm going to be saying goodbye to you for a, a bit of time as you're going to be heading out onto paternity leave. Yeah, I said goodbye on Fireteam chat, but I'm on this Friday still, so it's going to be a little awkward. But when a baby is coming, you just never know. So you yeah. just kind of like, hey, everybody, it could be any day. We're we're past 36 weeks, so any time now, basically. Well, uh, hopefully 40. 
That's the yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So we'll pl- you're you of course please keep showing up as long as you're willing and <laughs> able to to unlocked, and then uh, you know you'll you'll just be a listener for a little while while you're at <laughs> home with your your new little uh, little addition to the family. So until that happens, though, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, Brandon will jump in as well. But for now, I'm Ryan along with Destin and Miranda. This was Unlocked 476. Welcome to 2021. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.